Good afternoon. Uh, it's Tuesday, February 19th, Season 1, Episode 5, Stratton Mortgage here again. Uh, hopefully people are turning into this and taking something from it here. Uh, I'm Tom Christie. Bill Seach. Trey Reedy. Adam Baumwine. Uh, today, we're going to go over three topics. Um, owning a rental property. Um, how or when is it time to refinance? Uh, and then self-employment income. Uh, with those three topics, the, a lot of questions that will be surrounding these, and they are all very important. Um, starting off here with owning a rental property. Bill, do you want to start off sure. with uh, some information about that? Sure. I saw, you know, I was reading online and I saw a question, you know, I found my dream home, but I wasn't ready to move yet or I didn't sell my or have my other house in contract and things like that. And I think that's where we want to go with this a little bit. Um, I just did a deal where they were buying a new home. It was 400000 Their whole, current home was 200000 but, uh, you know, it wasn't in contract. So, you know, in that case, our lender that we have is a, is – maybe more than one but um they'll let you just go off of the 1007 i think the form is yeah there's a rent form that you can get uh conforming or even lease agreement but so yeah. you can still buy the other house mm -hmm. and keep the other one as your current house as a rental right yep with some yeah. re some reserve requirements but yeah you can do it yeah. yeah and you don't require a huge down payment i mean obviously most people will take that equity out of that house and put to the new house but if you have, you know, 3% down, you could still do that, right? Yeah. Well, that's if they're moving from – that's if you're making your present home. Yeah, so – your, your rental. There's a there, That's one option, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I see what you're saying, Bill, just uh, it, how do you get into that next house if I don't have a contract? And a lot of people's concerns that personally I have found is, well, I feel like if I want to own a rental home, I'd like to have one, but I've never had a rental before. I I, I I've been told I need to have a rental and have rental income on my tax returns in order to qualify to own a rental home. That's not the case. Right. Uh, and I've ran into that numerous times or, well, I have to have certain loan to value on my current residence in order to convert it into a rental property, or I need to change the current loan into a particular loan to be considered a rental. And then again, those are all not true. Uh, at least on our side, that, that is uh, well, I, a scenario I ran into a gentleman I helped in Colorado um, was trying to buy another primary residence and he wanted to keep his two and he was told by local lenders, you can't do it. Um, you've never owned a rental before. Uh, you don't have enough loan to value in here. So we they, he couldn't get it. He called me. All we had to do was provide lease agreements in this particular case here uh, to prove that he had those units rented out already. That we took that income and you're able to use 75% of what your rental income is. So for simple numbers, if you're getting $1,000 a month in rent, you only get credit for $750. Most cases that will wash that payment out and allow you to move into that new home and still qualify for that, that house. So now you've picked up another form of investment with being invested into real estate, letting somebody else pay for that asset for you uh, while you have moved on and upgraded your home style or your needs that you're looking to move into. Um, I talk to you guys about this all the time. It's it's no different than somebody walking to you and asking to pay into your 401k. Uh, and that's essentially what you're getting when you can rent a house out. Again, the math needs to make sense. Sure. <laughs> if your payment is $800 a month and you know your area is collecting $1,300 a month on average of rent, why would you not let somebody pay that mortgage for you uh, each and every single month while you're living in your new house? 
and to clarify, you're allowed to have, well, some lenders let us have four, some let us have five, some of them let us have 10. Yeah, it's yeah credit score restrictions. The one I'm dealing with right now, you have to have at least a 740 score to have over uh, six properties as being considered financed. That's finance, right, with a loan uh, on them. You know, that that's mm -hmm. another level of investing, and that, that's a big leap, but you got to start somewhere. Uh, and that I think a lot of people's confusion rises is, well, I'd love to own a rental home, but just don't know how to go about doing it. Right. Um, and that, that starter home is the perfect conversion for a rental in most cases. Uh, and again, it's somebody else just paying that asset down for you. So when you turn to sell it, you're reaping that capital gain uh, from somebody else paying that mortgage yeah. down for you. All the while, you've been living in your primary residence. That's actually something I'm trying to convince my wife to do is because we, we have a condo and our mortgage is $700 and the average rent in, on our street at least is anywhere from twelve to $1,500. And yeah. it just makes... Yeah. And with no prepayment penalties on these, you can that all you you can have an additional X amount of hundreds of dollars going to paying that balance down if you don't need to keep that residual income, or you can. Again, everybody's situation is different, uh, but again, you can really accelerate paying that balance down by letting that renter pay that entire payment uh, with all that extra rent that you collect to be going towards paying that principal down. So you can. So another option too is, um, you know, we had an investor fly in a couple weeks ago from Vegas. Uh, so they're investing a lot in the Columbus market. In fact, one of the reps I talked to up in Cleveland said the same thing up there too. So a lot of people are, are investing. There are programs out there that are not just for the a real estate, you know, quote unquote property flipper investor. So they call the the debt service coverage ratio program where essentially, you know, if you're going to put, you need to have 20% down to purchase a rental property. In some cases, 15%, but realistically, 20%. Well, that's if you're going just in just to straight up buy a rental property. So Correct. Yeah. If you're just going to straight out, go, go buy one. Yeah. You yeah. own it and you, you see a good deal and you want to buy it. So they have a program. And, and again, using simple numbers here, you know, let's assume that the mortgage payment is $1,000 a month. As long as the rent, the market rent for the area is $800 a month. That property, you have 20% down. That's all they're looking at. You can purchase that property as a rental property. The ratios don't come into play. The ratios do not come into play. They're looking at the the, uh, the appraiser. It, well, the appraiser is looking at what the market rents would be to determine that. So, you know, if somebody feels like there's a barrier of entry, if you will, like you said, like they, they've never owned a property before, so they don't have, how do I get rental history if I can't get rental history? Mm -hmm. Well, this is one avenue, you know, maybe – uh, you're self-employed or, you know, there are varying reasons. You have a lot of student loans where you don't qualify. Like even with the rent, you can't qualify for a regular conventional loan for the investment property, but you have the money. You can still do this alternative, you know, option. And you're still getting a good market rent, which is paying down your loan. You're not making that payment. You know, essentially somebody else is creating equity in your investment, which you then realize when, you sell the property or some people use that as a cash flow. You know, it's paid off and, hey, I'm retired and I own, uh, you know, 10 or 12 properties that are free and clear. I'm making five, <laughs> ten, fifteen thousand, whatever the, that number is, you Just know, rent. that's passive income that, that they're getting. So more people are doing that uh, and they're trying to do that quickly. And so that's a program where somebody can move, step into that market. Yeah, right. Very quickly get a property. Now just to clarify, though, going back to <clears throat> Trey's situation, his his mortgage payment seven hundred bucks right now. 
and he let's say he finds a house that's worth two hundred thousand. Well, we have a one percent down program. We have a three percent down program. He can go and buy that house for one percent down, just using the rent schedule for his current his current house. Yeah, to offset. Where the, people think yeah. that they need twenty percent down to buy that bigger house, but they don't. Yeah, know, that right? that's true too. Yeah, and then they can create the conversion <clears throat> of the primary right into a rental. Um, or I, I have two people right now, uh, one's purchasing a home up North. The other people are from California purchasing an investment property here. Um, you know, they're just purchasing, purchasing it straight out. They have other investment properties for this new one. We're using the rental income on the new one to offset the mortgage payment to help them to qualify because they own several properties and they're still getting a conventional loan. So did yeah, the bank most, have, most people can't afford to, to they don't make enough money per month. And again, this is there's a small percentage of people that can say I can afford to take on all these payments and have no money coming in. And that's, I think, where the confusion where people are trying to buy a house is, well, how am I going to qualify to buy this house? Because I have a mortgage payment here and I'm going to buy this house. I'm going to have a mortgage payment here. And that's yeah, I don't qualify for two mortgages. Yeah. Well, the rental income is helping you to offset exactly that. Did they give you any? Uh, did the lender give you any problem with buy, living in California and buying a house here? No. Not at all? No. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's an investment property, so no. Okay. Hey, we're buying a two. In, these, in the two scenarios that I have, actually both are duplexes, uh, and they're they're leased out. So somebody's coming in and saying, hey, uh, you know, I want to take over this, sure. this property, trying to invest in what they feel are up-and-coming areas. Um, another asset which and and they already own several properties i mean with their income if if you didn't use any of the rental income on it they wouldn't qualify Mm -hmm. because i mean they i think they own i think the one couple owns four or five properties so you gotta think they got four or five mortgages on their credit plus you know car loans student loans other things that you know general people are going to have even if you're a surgeon uh, yeah like they're not (laughs) they need that rental income to help offset it sure but you can tell that their mindset is, hey, I am using – somebody else is paying down that mortgage to create equity in, in, in my asset that I'm – you know, that I'm not necessarily doing. Sounds like common sense lending is coming mm-hmm. back a little bit. Uh, a little bit, yeah, a, a little bit. The, those – some of those programs, you know, require – you got to think you get, you want to have some reserves in that, obviously, owning a rental property. That's a good question. You're the, you're the landlord. You uh, it Well, it varies whether it's Fannie or Freddie in terms of how many – some go off the payment and how money how much you have. Then the portfolio products or the non QM ones, some of them don't really have a reserve. Okay. Um, it's like a rule of thumbs like six months uh, you, of payments of You might want to have something in it. yeah, because and most people you you most people have a four oh one K today and doesn't mean you need to draw on it, but it shows that you have a reserve that if something happened, sure. you can always get a four oh one K. There's your reserve. As long as you have enough to cover six months that's sitting in a four oh one K, they will consider that um, a reserve. Uh, you got to provide documentations of what it would be to withdraw that, but that's easy enough to, to get. That doesn't mean it needs to be sitting in your checking or savings account. Basically. Right. Yeah, they just want to see because you got to think you own that pro. That's I mean that's you're the owner of that property. So if it needs a new roof, if it needs uh, a refrigerator, new carpet, something like that. Renter in there for six months. Yeah. How is that payment going to be made? We've got to repaint our rental property. Just yeah. moved out, and you know over time, you have you to know walls it. get dinged up, whatever, and you want to make it nice for the new people. So. There is a cost associated with that, but in a long-term investment strategy, they're still paying down your loan to where most people wouldn't have the financial resources to be able to do that. 
And if somebody else can pay it down for you, (laughs) why would you want to pay it? Why would you not have them pay it? So it's it's a nice, yeah, a a lot of yeah, a lot of people (laughs) are are doing yeah, and you sell it down the road, yeah, or whatever if you want the rental, whatever. I mean, everybody's like you said, everybody's different, but uh, we are seeing a lot of that. I mean, we have collectively right here between three or four loan officers in one month, (laughs) we've got six or seven rental properties just in Ohio. So imagine. Right, it's happening. Other right? companies, other lenders, other states around the country. I mean, it's especially where rates are low. I mean, if if you can get a much cheaper payment, rents are going up in Columbus, anyways. Um, I mean, that's a statistic you can look online. Uh, we're one of the biggest appreciating cities for rent. Uh, not the most expensive, but the most the biggest jump in rents is getting more expensive to live in Columbus. Whether that's you know housing markets going up and rents are going up, which get in because people are, are always going to need to rent um or need a place to stay but let them let yeah. them pay your asset down for you good or bad it's happening and that's it, what's it, going on right now and yeah. it's just be a part it, the of market it. shifts you know it, it it can vary and go the other way but right now in central oh. ohio that's what's happening and that's probably what's drawing the investors here uh or people wanting to you know get down there in those markets because it is a good opportunity and people are are you know, creating wealth and equity for themselves. So well, it's like if you had a crystal ball, how many of us would go back and buy oh. that house that today is worth one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars for a hundred grand? When There's the so happened. many of them in around downtown. Oh my gosh! I mean, again, it's it's if you if you man, you go ask the right questions, do the research, and the math will show you what's out there. Um, does anybody else have anything else to hit on that part of it? There, I think that's good. I think it's a good. Good start. Obviously, if somebody has questions about that or wants to learn more, uh, or even if they're a seasoned investor, you know, you, you've got several seasoned investors you work with. We've got some people coming on board, some other seasoned people that we work with. We can answer questions for us. Just reach out to us. Um, you know, we'd be glad to to provide information on that. See if it makes sense. See if it's something you want to do. Uh, worst case scenario, you get a bunch of good information and you've got a plan. You know. Maybe maybe now is not the right time, but maybe it's in you want to do it. Okay, well let, let's help you get on a plan so that next year or two years or whatever that time frame is, you're ready to go. You know at that time. So, so you wouldn't jump into a ten foot pool never having swam before. I tried it one time. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't pan out well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so topic two uh, we thought to be really important here, and we've been finding a lot of questions again with the treasury market down and uh rates low uh when is the right time to do a refinance uh i've personally i've had some people that well i just bought a house a year ago it's not the right time well if you don't look at the math how do you know uh i mean what if there's a chance to take yourself from a 29 year fixed to a 25 year fixed and keep your payment the same um you know so when is the right time to do a refinance when when should somebody start calling and asking questions uh there's several factors, but what we say this line of Tom says a lot, and I say it too. You know, the math, the numbers are not going to lie. The math has to make sense. So um, I have recently, and I have another one, um, people who purchased a home last year um, with less money down, credit scores are a little bit lower. They weren't bad, but now credit scores have increased. They've created some equity in the property. The properties they've paid it down. The properties increased a little bit. And interest rates recently went down with mm-hmm. the little rate war with one of the lenders. So in their, both of those scenarios, we were able to have almost all of their costs covered. I think 
with the exception of like $900. All of their costs were covered. They either got a free appraisal or didn't need to get an appraisal and moved their interest rate down a half a percent on their loan, which essentially is only six to eight months old. Uh, in both of those cases, they chose to go back to 30 years, but they actually could have moved up to a 28 or 27 year loan and had the exact same payment. Hold on. You just said 27 year fixed rate loan. There is a, such a thing then. Yeah. So. We can set a, we can set a yearly term. You don't have to do 30 years or 20 years or 15 years. We can do 12, 22, you know, 28, 27. So we can tailor that around to make the best benefit for that person, depending on what's going on. Like, you did with with the other customer customize your own mortgage yeah you kind of customize a little bit what's important to you in the in my two particular cases uh it was the loan was so brand new hey you know we'd like to, i think they save close to a hundred dollars a month didn't cost them anything now in both of those scenarios in fact the one of the borrowers was actually paid ahead a month uh going to continue to do that now they got an extra hundred dollars a month to pay towards their principal which is just going to accelerate their loan even faster yeah. and pay it down even quicker and create more equity for them even faster by simply taking advantage of a law in the marketplace when, when rates when, when rates yeah. go down. Paying attention and asking questions. They they knew to reach out to Adam and, and just look at the math, and that's exactly what he did. The math, he showed it. Hey, here it is. Well, why would we not do this? Uh, I mean, again, it's it's 100 bucks and – you know, they'd only been in there for six months. That's yeah. It was a brand, yeah, it was uh, like literally brand new. And the one, so the one refinance, literally, not joking. Uh, I talked to her on Thursday. In fact, we were just doing it. We were just doing a, a check-in, and come to find out that her scores had had gone up quite a bit. Uh, Friday, we locked her interest rate, sum, submitted loan application to her via e, e signature. Mm-hmm electronically verified her income, electronically verified her assets, got an appraisal waiver. She signed everything on Friday. This morning, she came out of underwriting needing her title work and a driver's license. So technically, <laughs> I mean, you, you can't get the title work back that fast, but yeah. she would be clear to close. I mean, she couldn't even close. She'd be clear to close in two days. She couldn't even legally close because we haven't met the minimum minimum mandatory time. <laughs> oh, there was a big holiday in there for, too, for the so. disclosures. Yeah, and, and yesterday was President's Day, which doesn't even yeah. count as a business day. But the lender was working, so you know. Well, it has a lot a, to do with you stacking the deal and doing it the right way too. If you get it all in the beginning, what happens? A little, well, a little bit. Yeah. Well, in that right. case, it was just taking advantage of the digital the, the digital yeah. world that we have access to and making right. it easier. Uh, Literally, she spent probably 15 minutes maybe at the most. And 10 minutes of that is us talking, going over what's going to happen, what does she want to do, uh, you know, stuff like that. So. <laughs> no, but I got I got one. Same thing. Uh, his two options. We closed them a year ago. And his two options are refinance now and save 115 bucks a month back to the 30 or go to 25 years and have a four dollar more payment than he has now so what would you do <laughs> you know what i mean well, actually so you're cutting out four years of payments at twelve hundred dollars a month okay let's just say it's a thousand dollars just right. around simple numbers that's forty eight thousand dollars or less interest paid over four years right over four years yeah, yeah. so again how do you then- well the other refinance i have right now he moved from fha to conventional that's the big one there down to a 20-year loan his payment went up $30 a month, but he moved ahead eight years on his loan. 
which wow. I think wow. we calculated it somewhere in the neighborhood of about sixty thousand dollars. And in his so in his case, he that's he they're not as far as you know they want to stay there. That's you know they've had their their child there. They're having another child there. Uh, that's where they want to live. Uh, so he even went as far as buying down the interest rate, paid one point mm-hmm. to buy it down because he's going to be there he's for more than five down, years. Yeah. He's not going anywhere. Right. I mean, he's literally saving. In fact, he's, uh, you know, just gave some some props today in the networking group. But uh, that's a massive amount of savings for him. And he's on a 20 – I mean, he's going to pay his loan down faster. If he does go and sell in the future, he's created more equity that he's going to realize when – Oh yeah, he goes to sell. Without a doubt. Uh, so that's a big one too. You know, just because you're on an FHA loan, you know, maybe your interest rate is going to go up a little bit, but you're you're getting rid of the FHA mortgage insurance, which is very expensive. Yes. Uh, yeah, and now you're, and we can show you the, again. We can show you the math. We can show you the amortization schedule. The numbers don't lie. It either makes sense or it doesn't, and we're going to know very quickly whether or not it makes sense. And then we say, hey, here's the numbers. Yeah. Uh, you know, hey, Steve. This isn't. It's not the right time to do it. But the customer knows, right? Now yeah. they know what's going on. So, yeah, or Joe, or Tim, whoever, Andrea. Go from FHA to conventional, and you know FHA's <laughs> rates are lower. Uh, but that's again when you factor in that mortgage insurance, um, and everything else that goes into FHA. You know when the, when you send your your mortgage payment in, you no one's ever written their interest rate or what type of loan they have on that check. There's, it's a dollars and cents that you write on that check. So that would be the most important thing uh, when you send out. I mean, it's, you could have a 1% rate, and if your payment's $5,000, uh, but I have a 4% rate here, and your payment's $2,000. I mean, you're not writing the rate on there. So take the payment. It's, it's less over the term. Yeah, you got well, to figure out yeah, what yeah, you're trying to do. But yeah, yeah but, but to your point, I, I – had an FHA client that had a really low FHA rate. And I did the math and found that a conventional loan was a much better option for her. Uh, and she couldn't fathom the fact that her rate was going up as much as it did. So I broke it down and said, well, look, here's your payment. You know, your, your rate's going up. But when you get rid of this mortgage insurance that FHA has, you, it's, it's a trem- it was huge savings. And mm-hmm. now that's been seven <clears throat> years ago that I did that, uh, it's one of my wife's really good friends, and to this day, she's getting ready to sell that house, and she has thanked me 100 times over because it is tens of thousands of dollars that she saved. Well, not saved, but she's getting back now in the capital gain sure. that she would have rather not had not had. Uh, you know, when you sell a house, you're going to pay a realtor cost. So how do you offset that realtor cost? You know, and, and if, when you list your home, you start seeing all these costs that they are associated with trying to sell. Well, if you can navigate your asset appropriately and, and, and monitor it, and that's what we're here to do to help do is, is show you different ideas and strategies, that could really put you in a better position for when that time does come to sell where it's, well, you, you've just made the right move to where all the cost that goes to sell is a moot point now. Right. And that's paying attention to your asset. It's not a car you're buying. This is the largest investment you're ever going to make in most cases, um, at least for – People like me, anyways. Well, and most people think, you know, what's the lowest payment I can get when they're buying a house, you know? But if you have a little bit of money saved away and you're good with money, this is what we're talking about. Cut it to 25 years. It saves you 50 grand <laughs> over the life of the loan. I mean, yeah. who wouldn't want to do that, right? And, but you don't even <laughs> need to have money in those cases to do that. If you've been that 30-year fix and you're, you've got your mindset to making an X amount of dollars per month, and that's what you're, you've, you've kind of, you know, I guess programmed yourself to be, then well, we can keep that program the same, but let's go ahead and now start moving money away from interest and now towards principal. 
so that when you do sell that home, bigger capital gain for you. Again, the ultimate goal is if, if you could retire and, and liquidate, you've bought three rental properties that you let somebody else pay down, you've navigated your asset and hedged funds down here to, to get a lower payoff when time comes to retire, you get all these funds coming in from when you want to liquidate to retire. And then you have your retirement all, all on the side as well, your pension 401k, you know, it's, you're, it's just a much bigger number now and a much easier pill to swallow when you want to be done working at 65 or whatever. And people, you know, they, <clears throat> they really don't understand because the same person will say, ah, oh, maybe not about that deal. We'll drive two miles to get an extra dime off of gas or something like that's that. Funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. I told that. I've, I've, I've used that story a, a lot, and it, it, everybody laughs because they, they, yeah, I've done that. You know, they save two bucks right. uh, to go down the street. Where here, you don't have to drive anywhere. It's it's Correct. really that simple. I'm just explaining how easy the one he did. Uh, you know, and again, not all are going to be that easy, but it, again, when you see it all, and it, it, again, either makes sense or it doesn't. There's not one person sitting at this yeah. table that would say. One plus one equals three. I mean, right. where's our credibility? We've all been doing this way too long to, to do anything like that. You know, one thing, we, we'll touch on this in another podcast, but, you know, we sit here weekly and talk about, you know, how quickly or how easily we're getting things done. A lot of that has to do with the preparation work that we're doing up front. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if that's not being done, yeah, the process can be a lot more difficult for a buyer or something like that. So, We'll maybe next week we can touch on you make, it's, it's what are we doing? Front, yeah, right? how are we preparing the customers up front? What are we doing? What is that time frame? Because sometimes some of these people, you know, we've talked to them a year ago or yeah. more. Yeah, right. uh, and you know we had to do something or prepare or whatever. Or you know they're three months out. We're telling the agents, hey, it's okay if they're not buying a home until the end of summer. We need to talk to them now. Yeah, because we need to make sure they're ready to go. Now they're ready to go. When they're submitting an offer, they know what their payment is. They know what their loan is going to be and how much money you have to bring to closing. They're ready to go. So we'll, we can hit the we'll, ground running. Yeah, we'll, you're, you're, everybody knows who Peyton Manning is. I mean, my wife knows who Peyton Manning is. It, that guy never went to a single football game without watching yeah, not being unprepared. Or, or being yeah, prepared. he's prepared. That's why he's one of the greatest in the world is because of being prepared. Yeah. Again, your biggest investment you're ever going to make, prepare for it. Yeah. Don't jump off that high dive having never swam before. Yeah, we'll talk about that next week about what yeah. we do, how we do it, what we ask, what we recommend we yeah. do, or how we and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's an important point because I no, sometimes people think, well, geez, everything they're doing, oh man, everything's so easy. Well, there's a lot of back, we are making it I'm easy, but there's a lot of back end work that we're doing. That's a good point to get to that point. And that you know? brings you to that actually brings you right to the next topic the self employed borrower. Are they prepared yeah. when they're coming to our office? Because I just had one where, <clears throat> you know, he had two businesses going at the same time. Uh, he filed a K-1 in 2017, switched to a W-2 in 2018, or I'm sorry, 16 to 17, he switched. So then I couldn't use the two years of their income, okay? So the third I had to make him file his 2018 return so that I could average the two years for 17 and, and 18. There. But it's yeah. all preparation. And, and, you know, business tax returns, you need both the businesses. You need, you know. Everything. If everything. there's K-1s, if there's, you know, right. if you're W-2s, if it's, a, you know, how it's flowing through to the personal return, there's a month. So the biggest thing with, with self-employed, I think, in us is, you know, number one, we know how to calculate it. We've got the forms to do it. Um, but we also, in general, like to have underwriting review those and, give us that number prior to as shopping. prior to shopping <laughs> right so that we have that number 
Because really, for the most part, you know, whether it's conventional loan, FHA, VA, and really even USDA, it's an automated underwriting system. So you can punch in any information you want to punch in there. If I say the borrower makes $75,000 a month and they're approved, but they only make 7500 Yeah, now verify that. And you know, now it's verified. Then bad information in has been is bad information out. So if you're looking at a self-employed borrower and you're not calculating that those details correctly up front, then number one, they may not qualify. Number two, now you're trying to do that during a most likely a 30 day contract because that's, mm-hmm. you know, or less potentially that's a lot on somebody to try and have to figure all that out and get it done and jump through the hoops on top of work life. If you've got kids, if you've got extracurricular activities, that's a lot that, that's going on. Mm-hmm. If you get those things done ahead of time, you know, what to I haven't had any customer to this point tell me, geez, I, <laughs> I really wish I, I, I'm glad I didn't do anything up front. And I mean, it's like, it doesn't, yeah. it just, it makes things so much easier and our preparation on that makes a difference. And if we need to, being able to send it to underwriting, get that full approval up front with their income or have an underwriter review the income, know what it's going to be. That way, when we're pre-qualifying, it's accurate. You know, Now, we can't force somebody to send their information right. in. If they refuse to do that, you know, well, they refuse to do it. But that's, the, the, that's, what, you know. those, that's what's going to lead to problems down the road. And really, if you think about it in general, you know, any loans that we've had that have have headaches or problems or whatever in general, it's we were not able or they were unwilling to give the information up front or, you know, whatever. We, we gathered as much as we possibly could. Or they were willing to uh, give. Yeah, and then, you know, it, now, now you're jumping through hurdles during the process, which makes it a pain, which you don't want to do. It's harder for them. It's harder for us. It's harder for the agents. There's a lot going on. So. And, and, and you said just not creating more – unneeded efforts from them they they have they have life they have things to do so knowing knowing what we're dealing with on self-employed you know there's a difference between fannie mae and freddie mac when it comes to self-employed businesses and self-employed owners uh you know it's do you want to go through all these documents in two years returns of taxes and somebody may have differences in income well maybe they've been in business for 10 years well the smart thing we do would be go through the avenue of the least path of resistance and let's provide one year and some people are like, well, how are you going to do that? Well, again, that's we know what we're doing. We don't want to create. Yeah, there are potential options there, to, uh, you know, on that. Or what if they get? I mean, I had <laughs> the you know the one borrower had three businesses, so I had six sets of tax returns. You know, it was like a ream of paper on my desk. Mm-hmm. That's a lot to go through and figure out. You it. it it needed to be done up front because we didn't with rental properties mm-hmm. as well too with leases with you know uh, purchasing and acquiring properties and all sorts of stuff going on you know it's like kind of like trying to hit a moving target so you need to you, know, you need book. To, yeah you need <laughs> to do right. that stuff up front so okay and that that one year thing you're talking about Tom that was for the the Freddie sign? Yeah, yeah. Freddie will say, as long as you've been in business, is it five years? Sure, you've five years. Business license for five years, yeah. then yeah, they only need to see one year tax returns versus uh, right. uh, Fannie's two years. Right, uh, my mom, schedules. The reason mine's off because it was a specialty. It's a Jumbo product. That's why. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. that's that's, that's, that's kind of the difference there. But, uh, but yeah, again, but that's back to Adam's point. Be prepared up front. That way, we can get you in the best position to hit the ground running. Uh, you know. We'll, 
we will help you get to that point so that this is not a nuisance. It's, an, it's supposed to be an exciting time. Uh, you know, and that's, that's what we want to try to create. That's key. Yeah. Nothing better than having a clear close a week in advance. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or more. Yeah. Clear to close. And right. Then, yeah. Like you said, knowing like my closing day is not for another week. Right. I, have a, I have a loan closing next week. That's we're a week and a half ahead of schedule. And the, right. both realtors like, what, how did this even happen? Right. Uh, but again, th- I, the, I was able to work with the girl two, no, three months in advance. Uh, so she knew exactly what we needed to do, what we were going to get done. I, I went over everything. So as soon as that contract was executed, boom, we were off and running. I've talked to her maybe twice and, and she's going to be closing on Monday. Nice. So it's, yeah. Nice. And again, that was all because of the conversations we had up front. Uh, on her but that also time. makes it easy on once we get them approved. There's not that many conditions that are on there, yeah. if any. Uh, and so it makes it very easy for, you know, loan managers, processors to help us out, get those items. It's very efficient and effective, you know. Most people would be nervous if you knew that your client just went into a contract and they just went to Florida for two weeks. They'd be like, uh, no, what? And she was in Florida for two weeks and we didn't touch her, talk to her one time. So she got to enjoy her vacation, do her life, and we got the loan done. Being prepared. Nice. Yep. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for today, guys. What do you think? You got anything else today? No. I think that'll do it. No, I I think we had pretty good topics today. Okay. Um well, remember, that's like a really, that's a really cool shirt. Yeah. By the way. <laughs> like <laughs> us on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like us on Facebook. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Check uh, out we our the, website. Yeah, we go check yeah, out the website. There, Look at our reviews. Yeah, check out the reviews. We have the podcast going up. So yeah, you know, even if, if people just want to bounce ideas around, I mean, as you could hear, we all have them. There's a, a lot of things that this is what we do. Uh, you know, we. We don't try to figure out if, if Bill has a cavity, you know, he's going to go to a dentist. We don't want to figure that out. <laughs> uh, so call If you have questions, call us. You know, anything you might be thinking of, we can give you some suggestions and ideas to ponder over and, um, you know, maybe put you down a path of prosperity and, you know, real estate investments. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Cool. Have a good day. Have a good day. Yep.